when someone in our house was taking her driving test, and I, I won't name her, but it wasn't our dog, um, she had an interesting experience because the driving instructor said, turn right at the next junction. So this particular person turned right at what she thought was the next junction and promptly ended up on somebody's driveway, um, much to her embarrassment and much to the, the cost of that particular driving test, which she then failed. Now Claire, you can probably hear her laughing in the background now, always now counts that as one of her prouder moments because she says to me that it taught her that she had to learn to drive the hard way. She had to really think about it and concentrate over driving and that has now turned her into a much better driver than I am. Now those are words that I absolutely and categorically refute. But anyway, it's slightly embarrassing, isn't it, when we're given instructions and actually we don't listen. It might be that you've been to the doctor and the doctor has advised you to cut out certain foods from your diet and you've been given instructions and yet those are the foods you like and so you keep sneaking them into your diet. You know, we're all used at the moment to living with a whole load of instructions during this pandemic. Yet sometimes it can be easy to think, do these really need to apply to me? Or perhaps it's this week, you've been given work to do. Perhaps you're at college or at school and you've been given assignments to do and yet the call of Netflix grows ever stronger. Or that beautiful weather that we had this week, the thought of sunbathing is far more interesting than writing an assignment. But you know, often when instructions are important, and when we ignore them, there are consequences. And we sometimes have to pick up the pieces a bit later on. For the next five Sundays on our Sunday morning live stream, we're going to be journeying through the book of Jonah. Now, the book of Jonah is probably most famous for the great big fish that appears in it a bit later on. And there's all kinds of children's books written about Jonah and the whale. But it's a short book, and there's a lot more to it than just this big fish that appears. It's set in the 8th century BC. It's set at a time when Nineveh was the great capital city of the Assyrian Empire, the big superpower of the Middle East of the time. And Jonah is a prophet. We don't know much else about him other than what we find in this book. He's mentioned in 2 Kings chapter 14. And Jesus talks about the sign of Jonah, which no doubt will come across in the weeks that lie ahead. But Jonah is a really interesting and fascinating character. Because although he's a prophet, and by a prophet we mean somebody who hears something of the heart of God for people and somebody who's given a task of sharing that, he just about gets everything wrong. He's grumpy, he's disobedient, he doesn't do what God wants him to do, and yet God uses him actually to do amazing things. And people do listen to him when eventually he goes and does what God tells him to do. You contrast Jonah's character in the book with God's character. And God we see is consistent. He's faithful. He's full of giving people forgiveness and second chances and allowing people the chance to turn back to him. So in these few verses we've read today, right at the start of the book of Jonah, we find that God speaks to Jonah and gives him a task. Now, we're not told how God speaks to Jonah. We're not told whether it's a dream or a vision, whether it's an audible voice or just an inner sense of call. And in fact, not very often in the Old Testament are the writers actually concerned with the how of God speaks, but just the fact that it has happened. And it's interesting that Jonah never disputes that God has spoken to him. The book is full of assurance that God has spoken and that Jonah has been given a task by God to fulfil. So this man Jonah, now his name, the name Jonah actually means dove. 
And it could be a, a sort of symbolic name, because actually quite often in the Old Testament, somebody's name reflects their character. Was this a peaceable man, a timid man, a man of a gentle character? Could it be something about his nature that actually makes him not want to do what God has called him to do? Because when we hear about the people of Nineveh, Nineveh was not a nice place to go to. The people there did some pretty horrific things. Their sacrifices and their religions were awful. They were a bloodthirsty people. They were a violent people. They were out to dominate the ancient world. And the journey to Nineveh, well, it was all the way up through the desert and through barren countryside into what is now modern-day northern Iraq. And the thought of going there for any prophet was a big, big ask. And Jonah is unique in the Old Testament prophets and that is the only one who gets called to speak to the people outside of Israel. He's a prophet to the Gentile nations around. But here's the thing. Jonah knows that he has heard from God. And so he sets off, but he doesn't turn right to Nineveh, but instead he goes left to Joppa, down to the coast, and then he gets, to, uh, gets on a boat and goes to Tarshish, over the far side of the Mediterranean Sea. Probably somewhere near modern-day Gibraltar. Now, Tarshish was a much nicer place than Nineveh. It was full of beaches and the sand and the sea. And perhaps Jonah had in his mind, that wouldn't life be better if I just went on a sun lounger and ate whatever the ancient version is of tapas and lemonade, sat there under my sun lounger on the beach. Perhaps that's what he was after. But actually, that's not what God had for him. But he's fleeing. He's trying to get away from God. He's trying to get away from the presence of God in the temple in Jerusalem. And so he literally sets off to the other end of the earth. So he goes down to Joppa. He finds a boat, he gets on the boat, and he pays his fare. All sounds very normal to us. We're used to paying for fares to travel on a boat or a plane or a train, whatever it might be. But actually in the 8th century BC, money was, was quite rare. Only the very wealthy had money. And it may be that actually Jonah is a man of considerable wealth and considerable personal um, sort of riches. Had Jonah made it to Tarshish, he could have perhaps had quite a nice life for himself. He perhaps had the resources to live quite comfortably over in Spain. And you know, when we think about our lives, actually quite a lot of people do quite nicely in life without giving a second thought to what God is calling them to do. They just rely on their own resources. Other people alternatively know that God has called them but choose to ignore it and just go their own way. So why does Jonah ignore God? Why does he go off and go to Tarshish instead of going to Nineveh? Well Jonah will make a few excuses and we'll come across those as we unpack this book. But perhaps at this point it was simply that he was scared. It was easier to pack his bags and go across the other side of the Mediterranean than, than it was to listen to God and do what God had called him to do. Perhaps he thought that actually his financial reserves would cushion his disobedience and mean that somehow God couldn't get to him. But being scared, being fearful, it can actually do funny things to the human heart. And fear comes in all shapes and sizes. Just this week, we were drawing the curtains in, in one of the rooms in our house, and as we drew the curtains, a wasp flew out. And it was a particularly big, angry-looking wasp. 
Now, I've been stung by wasps a number of times, and, it, and it's not pleasant. And so I think there is a, a justifiable little bit of fear creeps in when a wasp is buzzing round. And there was no way we were going to sit there with this wasp buzzing round. Two adults versus one wasp. Now, the, the good thing is, is we could cope with that. We could shoo the wasp away. We could get the wasp out of the room, and we could then get back to sitting down in that particular place. But sometimes we come across fears in life that actually we can't deal with, that we can't just chew away, that we can't get rid of easily. It might be at the moment that actually we're, we're fearful of this virus. Or it might be that we've moved beyond that in a sense to some of the outfall from this pandemic and we're now fearful about our livelihoods or about where we might live. And fear can actually grip us, it can paralyse us. But fear can actually stop us from being all that God has called us to be. Perhaps we, we do a bit of a Jonah and we think actually, well, God, are you going to let us down? Or are you going to call us to do things that actually we can't physically do? Now, as the book unfolds, Jonah is to find out that being called doesn't equate to life being easy. Being called doesn't necessarily mean that everything is going to be straightforward and the kind of things that you always think, oh great, you know, this is something I've really always wanted to go to Nineveh. In fact, it can mean the opposite. But what we'll also find out through this book is that God equips those who he calls. That Jonah isn't left on his own. That when Jonah does what God eventually calls him to do, that he will find that God is with him and Jonah's ministry is successful. But at this point, Jonah's not prepared to do that. He's not prepared to do as God tells him to. And in fact, he goes the other way. And the result? Well, you'll have to watch next week to find out what happens. But the result for Jonah is a load of hassle. But what we also find is that God won't give up on him. God keeps pursuing him. He keeps coming after Jonah. He keeps wanting him to, to do the things that he's called him to do. And you know, the Bible is full of, of um, messages that say that God is always pursuing us. He's always seeking after us. He's always wanting to have relationship with us. That Jesus, the, the, the one who died for us and rose for us, is always calling us to follow him. Jonah starts his journey by fleeing, by turning the other way. What about us? How is God calling you today? Well, perhaps you've never responded to the call of God. Perhaps you've never said yes to following him in your life. Perhaps you've never said yes to Jesus and that, that initial response. And perhaps today, actually, is the day that you need to think about making that decision to say yes to Jesus, to say yes to following him. If that's you, if you feel you're in a place where you want to say that initial yes, then please do email us on that address for the Alpha course. And we, we'll love to encourage you to come on that course where you can find out more about who Jesus is. But you know, God is always calling us. That, that second reading that we heard today from Matthew's Gospel, that reading was about the Great Commission, how every disciple of Jesus, no matter how long we've been following him, is called. We're called to share the Gospel. We're called to make disciples. I wonder if today, in your context, in your life, during this time, God is calling you to something new. Now, it might be that God is calling you to something big. It might be that when life returns to whatever the new normal is, that there's some huge changes you need to make because God has called. It may be that actually God is just calling you to be faithful 
in the small things. Perhaps he's calling you to share the love of God with a neighbour. Perhaps it's like that, that story that we were hearing from Sheila, that, that perhaps God is calling you to, to just be able to receive from others or to give to the people round about you. Or perhaps it's that God is calling you out of fear just to trust him again and to trust his embrace and his arms of love that would seek to surround us at this time. So it's my hope and it's my prayer that however God is calling us today, our response is not a Jonah. It's not to run off to whatever the opposite direction is, but that it's to say yes to him. Yes to him who calls us to follow. Let's pray. Lord, it's amazing that you as the maker of heaven and earth, God Almighty, that, that you call us to to um, be in relationship with you, that through Christ you have made it possible that we can know you. And so I just want to pray for, for each of us who are, who are listening this morning or are listening um, when this is being played back at some point, that if God is saying something to us, that we will respond with a yes in our hearts today. Whether that's a first time yes, or whether it's a yes to a specific ministry or a specific calling, or a specific thing you want us to do. Lord, help us to look at Jonah and say, I don't want to be like that. But I want to be somebody who says yes to you. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.